Now she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aisa. She's ready to go to the stars. This is the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. It's mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. I Captain. And now, our host. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trab. This is Pixie. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast, your podcast of creating the perfect magic system again. Hey, Rocky, watch you pull a rabbit from the hat. Again? <sighs> this time for sure. <laughs> I'll shove you in the hat. <laughs> Ooh, wrong hat. We are continuing our, um, uh, our series on creating the perfect magic system. And uh, we last uh, we have a list of questions that we're working our way through, uh, and uh, we are going to continue that this time. You have joined the most secret government agency that you have never heard of, the Thirteenth Bureau of Justice, otherwise known as Bureau Thirteen. You are a government agent charged with the duty of disposing of the greatest unnatural threats to the people and the, and the economy of the United States and Canada. You will work under the knowledge that you are funded by an organization so secret, even the highest government officials do not know of your existence. Welcome to the elite band of people who wander the dark streets of the night, ever searching for the horrors that should not exist in this modern age. You are a special agent, stalking the night fantastic. Bureau 13 is a Gen Con award-winning RPG of modern horror and paranormal adventure. It's available from Tritech Games at TritechGames.com in both the original editions and in the D20 edition, with a new Savage Worlds edition coming soon. Remember that wherever the supernatural waits, good and evil, the agents of Bureau 13 will be there. But the evil is growing. And then, of course, we have higher beings, beings that, that basically they provide the magic. They come through. They are magic themselves, and you you basically tap off of them. Now, I, I put a question here is how does this differ from, you know, like a priest who goes and gets his magic from a god? Okay. Even though it's, even though it's a sci-fi series, I, would, uh, I will claim Evangelion is an example of that because they had Adam. Explain. I don't understand. Literally, they're fighting angels, and all the Evangelion are clones of Adam. Uh, this basically the first angel. <laughs> I thought they were all clones of their moms. No, no. The the Evangelions all came from the Adam, uh, which they had buried deep, deep inside of uh, uh, of uh, Nerva. Uh, and that's, and, and, uh, and you're thinking of Ray, who uh, was, I think was based on either Lilith. It was based on, Lilith. she was based on Lilith. Okay. Cause it sounds like you're talking more about freezing, but anyways, 
you have this higher being, okay, who appears and becomes a source of magic. So now magic is in the world because this higher being is there. Now this higher I would being say that's more like um well in rifts, I think they would call them a shifter where you're petitioning a higher being to be able to make rifts and stuff. Um also I believe the summoner and witch classes from Pathfinder work that you're dealing with higher beings in order to gain your powers. Um, oh, God, there was one other thing I wanted to do about summoning. Well, it may not be. Uh, you're not asking him to give you give you mana. You know, if we're talking an extra, a extra dimensional higher being, it could be he's just, you know, passing on through and we're only seeing his three dimensional version, you know, you know, slice of him. He may be a multi-dimensional being. Like an and avatar. We're just, yeah. Yeah. And we're not really seeing the true being. We're just seeing what bit will show up in our, in our universe. Oh, I got it. No, I know what I was going to talk about now about higher beings. Okay. This is another game thing. Uh, as I said, you all know, I use the second world source book avidly. There is a part in it that was on the site. It's called a pact negotiator. Basically, it is a uh, advanced class or prestige class where you petition beings from the upper and lower planes. In other words, angels and devils and demons, as well as the embodiment of fire, the embodiment of the animal kingdom, like the bird, the wolf, the bear. And excuse me, you are able to ask them to grant you favors. And these favors could range anything from, okay, I employ the beast pact and I bestow temporary lycanthropy on our fighters so we can hit harder. Or I petition the fire pact and this 30-foot cone of flame will burn all my enemies. Basically, it's something like that where you are petitioning just these extra-dimensional forces to help you out. You open the pact, you'd say, can I do this? And basically you'd make like a, a, a skill check of some type. And if you make it, the effect occurs. It, it sounds a bit like you're you're actually tapping on our next next bullet point. Basically, are, so are you actually doing the magic or are, you, or are you asking someone else to do the magic for you? That's the big point. Well, it does differ. It says higher beings. How does this differ from priests? Oh, no, no, I'm looking at, what, at point D. I'm looking at point D, beings who cast magic for you. Yeah, okay, I can see where both of them could be kind of... Because you're opening the pact. I mean, that's still an ability that you have, but you're just petitioning. We're also talking rifts, too, where, where basically you also may have magic, in, you know, per se, anyway, and this is getting you extra magic. Right, right. yeah, like the shifter class, yeah. Right. The class that opens up rifts and deals with extra dimensional beings. You can still right. cast spells, but you've had to strike a bargain with a sometimes less than savory being in order to do so. And you will pay the piper later. Right. So, but when I'm talking about higher beings, I, I'm not trying to draw any kind of a moral statement with that. We're really just talking about more complex creatures so that are exuding, you know, um, or have this in them in such a way that they can be tapped. So, for example, is that let's say for let's say 
there was a being that could produce massive amounts of microwave energy, okay, just by this existence. Something about how its body worked, it just produced that, okay. And you had a device that, you know, could basically respond and turn that into electrical energy. Well, then that being would essentially be powering you. Okay, powering your device to do whatever you want, whether it's using it to create a weapon that zaps people, whether it uh, uses a communicator, whether it uses it produces the electricity to run a uh, defibrillator. The point is that you know I, I'm making an analogy between something electrical energy and magical energy. I'm saying yeah, is it, ele- you know, elemental binding is what it sounds kind of like it would be in a magical sense. You're binding an elemental to to. Well, I wouldn't even use the word binding. I'm saying it just happens to be there, okay, whether you summoned it or whether it's there for whatever reason, like John talking about some creature just coming into it. Either there is traveling the galaxy and it just happens to come by our planet or it comes – it's something that is, you know – de-dooring, you know, teleporting or whatever, phasing, you know, around and it comes into our world. Or maybe there's lots of them that you can summon from other places. The point still is, is that when these things appear, then there's magic because they give it off. Got it. Okay. I have another example, and this one will work. Uh, Do you guys remember the old mechanoid invasion game from Palladium Books, especially the second book called, or the, yeah, the second book called uh, The Journey? Okay. There was a race of immaterial beings called the Xyolex. How they survived was, yeah, they taught you magic. You would cast the spell. They would feed off the residual energy of you casting the spell. So, yeah, you were actually doing magic in an otherwise all-technological environment. And these Xyolex would survive. And after a while, the more people they got to use magic the more their race grew back. Because they were on the edge of extinction. They were another one of the races that the uh, the mechanoids wiped out because they wiped out their humanoid food source. So they got they, they went up into the mothership as part of the game, and then the people from the game world, Gideon E, would come up, they'd find these Xylexes, and they would realize, we, we could have a symbiotic relationship here. We could learn magic, and this race could survive and prosper. So yeah, this I I think that would be better, a better example than what I previously did with the pact system. Right. So with the so if your Xylex goes away, so does your magic. Yes. Then. Right. And, yes. and well, they're and, going, to, but they're not going to because it's their food source. Right. They have a symbiotic relationship, so it makes sense there. Yes. I have I have an example which is from the comic books and the comic book Nexus. Uh, in uh, which was uh, done by Steve Barron and uh, and Rude. Uh, the uh, and where you had this race, they were called the Mercs, and they were what was called fusion casters, um, and they were able to basically just take energy, either from themselves or from nearby stars or even from the entire universe. They could draw, take the energy and direct it to somebody that they wanted to have it. And that person could then take that energy and do whatever they wanted with it, whether they wanted to fly with it, whether they wanted to produce an incredible bolt of killer energy, where they would throw a shield up. And they literally, and, and the hero in the story, who went by the name of Nexus, literally could stand before the combined might of an entire planet and just hold them off with all the energy that he had because he was it was basically being given to him by this creature called you know, that was called a Merc. 
So here's a, a case. And this particular Merck, by the way, was unconscious. He was sleeping in uh, in the world in which this guy had grown up in, and he had he had made the psychic connection with him and was able to grant this to him. And he also later on he was also insane. But the point was is that he was giving this stuff out, um, and so you know he wasn't saying how to use it. He was just simply providing the power because he wanted to. Uh, because he had a need in himself to do certain things, and he was using him as his avatar or his agent to get these things done. Uh, and but for the purpose the person who had it, he's walking around with godly power, you know, that doesn't require, you know, actually, you know, rec- you know, he he, he 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 was just basically using it because it was granted to him. So that's that's the case of where a being, a higher being, as instance, think of in in Star Trek, someone on the Q continuum. If, if if Q decided just to grant a certain amount of power to a human, you know, or Charlie X, you know, with the powers that he had, you know, just amazing stuff that he could do, and uh, but it was granted by a, a, another being, you know, basically act, feeding it to the person. And of course that being, you know, once they were gone, the power went away and beings who cast magic for you was kind of going back to the beginning where you don't actually have any magic, but you have access to a being that does have magic. And you know, it's, it's kind of a step. It's, I'm not real happy about that. I I did this was because, you know, you're, you're basically pushing the question further back. You're not really answering the question. Because then you have to say, where does the being get the power that's casting the spell for you? It could be that you're, as we said, this is the form. This is the purpose of animism. You're calling on the spirits of the rock to do do something for you. You're not really casting a spell. You're convincing the spirits to do work for you. So it technically, it's not is not casting a spell. It's you being a good um, convincer and convincing the spirits to, you know, move that rock and be- or the tree grow faster or whatever. You're convincing various spirits to do something for you. But in both cases of the higher beings and being who cast magic for you, you're basically, you're, not, you're only going to get an effect from them if you appeal to their interests, to their nature. You know, you're, you're not going to get a fireball from a uh, rock spirit unless, of course, the, the, the rock spirit is actually a volcano right and a rock spirit's not going to care about healing somebody probably because you know that's earth elemental yeah (laughs) yeah i mean it it also tends to fall into animism be is more long-term less showy less flashy spells you're worried about calling upon the the spirits of the corn to grow properly yeah rather than grow if you chose, any of these could be the only magic that you had in your world. All right, so number E, drawn from extra-dimensional places, which, by the way, is the, is the Tritac default for its magic system. The actual official description, John, is, is that it's another universe that has a lot more energy than we have. And so, when, so by using magic, you essentially weaken the interface between the universes, and the, and the magic will naturally flow from a higher potential to a lower potential, and you get to use that flow to create the magical effect that you want to do. So basically, you're refining that raw magic from that all-magic dimension into, okay, I have this magic at my disposal. 
if I wink, wiggle my fingers and say the right words properly, I can turn that raw magical energy into a lightning bolt or a fireball or an ice storm or a divination spell right. or invisibility. Gotcha. Right. And the better you are at, 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 at making that, that interface porous, the more magic that's going to flow through. Or you can say the more efficient you are, better spellcaster, the more efficient use you can make of the magical energy. Either way. And based on how the system was set up, uh, if you come from a long line of um, tappers, you can uh, do a lot better than a person who just who just picked up a book and learned and learned right from that. Right, but it's still switch. skill. You're still talking skill here. Okay. Yeah. So, so now these extra-dimensional places, okay, they can be something where again it could be limited, where you know it's 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 a whole it's a rift, it's a it's a weakening over in this one area of the world, and that's why you know there's lots of magic there, or it could literally be per, you know completely pervasive. You know, it could be personal to yourself, where essentially you're creating this interface literally within microns of yourself, and the magic is flowing through, and you can do it because you're a mage. I'm trying to remember the the original description of working magic, WKM, which is, uh, it's sort of like it, there's a topography. It's stronger in some places and weaker in other places. And some places there's just no magic whatsoever. You know, because there's either like hallowed ground and the gods say, yeah, none of that stuff. Get it out of here. You know, sort of thing. Though priests have their own version of working magic. So, yeah. I think that's a, a, a TSR artifact there. People just, you know, in order to have a game system, sometimes you just have to give points, you know, and you just kind of have to hand wave where the points come from. But, you know, if, if the points for priests are coming from those higher beings, that's a lot different than a mage pulling it from a higher uh, a plane where there just happens to be more energy. And so it, ha it flows through to ours whenever you do that. And like you said, some place, in some places it's easier to do it than others. Yeah, it just depends on what it takes to make that flow happen. I mean, maybe it takes a certain materials, makes it easier. Maybe being in the presence of a ley line makes that flow easier. The point is, is it is it was coming from another place into our universe because you know because that's where the magic is and whatever the requirements are for it to come through. That's what makes your game and your world different than other games and other worlds. But essentially, you're still drawing the energy from that extra-dimensional place. It doesn't come from anywhere in our universe. Yeah, it's been a while since I de dealt with the Tritech magic system. And, and by the way, if that is the case, there's no reason why you can't have magic on Earth Prime. Because you're pulling magic from a universe where there is magic into Earth Prime where there is none. So, it's always that. And the last thing on this list of where magic comes from you know, uh, and there actually is one more that I um, I want to add to that, and this is ancient WKM dumps. Again, you were WKM is working magic, and that idea is is that we don't know what created magic, but something did, and when it did, then it basically got infused into objects and areas and things, and it's a finite amount, probably. You know, and so wherever, you know, and, and, and it's not happening anymore. And so you travel the world, you know, either trying to control those areas or find new areas. Uh, and 
uh, or have such an artifact that you can draw the energy from it like a battery. But they're all ancient. They're all like, you know, stuff that's it's it's like the the, the whole um, Lord of the Rings where the dwarves made this item, you know, you know, 10,000 years ago and nobody's made one since, you know, the, like no one's making another ring of Sauron. Absolutely. And and it's that idea that magic is is there, it's powerful, but you know it's a it's it is in a sense it's a finite resource in that it ain't coming from anywhere else, and possibly in time it can be depleted. So it could be a place where yeah, and that sometimes and it harkens back to some of the other points we have there. It could be a place where, well, a lot of people died, and that place is in just inherently magic, or it could be. Uh, a location where uh, a psychic event happened. And when I say psychic, I'm meaning more of the supernatural psychic rather than the psionic psychic. A psychic event happened and imbued the area with a level of magic that can be tapped. Maybe the, the, the ground where the uh, ancient cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, maybe each of those plate, those, 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 the ground where those cities used to be is a huge WKM dump as a side effect of them being destroyed. Yeah, or or what we think are ley lines are actually where gods walked, and we're just following their path. <laughs> you know, things like that. You know, and the point of the, the fact that they're ancient WKM dumps means that you can't produce WKM dumps. You know, unless of course you're at, you, if you have only one type of magic. Now, there's none of this thing. Not anything in here says you can't have all these. As a matter of fact, Bureau 13 pretty much has all of these. Yeah. But but the point is that these are different places where you can say this is where magic comes from. And if you want to, you can limit it to that. You can put special conditions on that. You can say this is something that has its own special qualities about it that makes them different. And their spellcasters different than other people. And here, Here's control. the thing I would see with these ancient WKM dumps. Let's say that you only know about maybe, oh, there's like five in the whole world and they're highly guarded and contested. You have to do research, massive amounts of research to find out if there's any more. And if you do, I mean, yeah, these ancient WKM dumps, you can do a lot of spells while you're there. But other than that, if you go away, you don't have that magic. So that place would end up being like, you'd end up having to make it a stronghold. So if anyone else were to find out about it, again, you have the wizards fighting over this resource, you know, these spellcasters duking it out and using the energy to duke it out. You know, they'd all be standing on this 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 magic dump, right? trying to fight for it so they have control over it, you know, with, with the king of the hill type thing. You know. Actually, it reminds me of, it's an anime, anime which I uh, backed, uh, which is academia. And one of the hallmarks is that they're sitting at the juncture of a major ley line. But if you get away from the academy and you go to town, you're, you pretty much, whatever magic is in your person at the time is what you got. And when it's gone, it's gone. You have to go back to the academy and get next to near this arcane stone, which contains all the magic in the area and recharge so you can go back out again and cast some more magic. It actually was a plot point in the second in the second uh, movie they made. 
So it's, it's one of those things, you know, so bet, yeah. So wherever you have a large concentration of magic, yeah, you you might have a, you may have a tower, you may have a castle, you may have a school. You never know. Yeah. yeah. They use that a lot in video games where you have a certain amount of magic, but there may be like a cluster of crystal on the wall of the dungeon. You run over there, all of a sudden your power comes all back. So you end up doing this thing where you run out, fight things, run back, get powered up, run back out again. You could use the ancient magic dumps as, okay, let's say in the past, ley lines were plentiful and they were powerful. Well, as time went on, magic died down to where the ley lines are no longer giving any power, but where they meet would be where these ancient dumps are. So you're still accessing, you know, these, this WKM dump could be due to ley lines, but it's only where the old ley lines meet that you can still access them. It's basically like a pool. They basically pulled together and made a uh, a mana pool or some sort, and you can you can it could even literally be a, fi- a figurative mana pool. There could be an actual pool right there where the water is awful sparkly. Don't drink it. <laughs> You wouldn't like what happens if you drank that water. <laughs> Age of Ultron that Thor bathed in, uh, him and Eric Selvig, the water of signs, that's what it was. Oh, and it may right. be and it may be um attuned to uh, divination magic. So that w- I would also see that as an ancient WKM dump. Where just magical power has been amassed over centuries and millennia. And it's attuned to divination magic. And if you concentrate hard enough, you will find out what it is you want to know about. Yeah. And there could be places that we've forgotten about. The uh, location of the Oracle of Delphi. No one knows how to use it anymore. But if you knew what you're doing, you can go to the or- to where the Oracle of Delphi was. Oh, yeah. In Greece. Yes. Yes. Enter the, ch- enter the chamber and do your and do your magic. And hopefully you don't die from the hydrogen sulfide gas. Uh <laughs> Way to sell it, John. Way to sell it. Yeah. Right. And the last <laughs> the last way of, of magic is that I wanted to add was uh, is literally the result of ritual magic, ritual act. Okay? You say the words, you do the gestures, you use the components, and because you do these things, the universe produces the magic and creates the effect that you want. It's literally built into the reality of the universe that you live in. I call it mechanistic magic. Yes, it is mechanistic magic, and it it does and it doesn't you know you don't have spell points. You literally have to do the magic. If you don't do the magic, if you don't have the you know and and if you want to limit it, then of course you know you you li- you limit it in regards to you know you, uh, this usually in the in the spell component part of it. You have to have certain spell components prepared a certain way or whatever, so that you okay. only have as many. You can only cast as much as you've got stuff to cast with. Again, the rules that I mentioned from uh, Anachronistic Adventures earlier on, where you have to have the components, you have to have the time, you have to make the spellcraft roll to prepare it, and then to cast the ritual, you need to make the use magic device roll. If you make, if you fail any of those rolls, it doesn't go off. If you right. fail to use magic device really bad, then you access like the scroll mishap list in the core rulebook, and bad things happen. What do you mean bad things? I say fun things. <laughs> I mean, which is why the the the, the wizards or or mages 
work workroom, their 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 base operations. That's where they have all the, they have everything. Yeah, an older wizard has all his bat wings, his newt tongues, his I you know spider eyes, whatever. He's ready to go. And you know, actually, I'm you know I'm kind of thinking of another source of magic that sort of ties into higher being one, and that's the uh, the bit from uh, Dra- Dragon Slayer, where the wizard basically killed himself and put all his magic into a crystal. And because he knew that, because he, he knew was, there was no way for him to get back to, to make the trip to where the dragon was, so they basically he put his essence into a crystal. His apprentice was using it to cast magic, but he really he he needed to you know cast the right spell so he could release the mage so he can do his magic now and fight the dragon. But yeah, while he had that crystal, he could do magic. <laughs> yeah, dragon slayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it also said that the dragon also Vermithrax pejorative, the, her name. Uh, the only way to kill her was with I call it the wizard bomb. <laughs> you know. Yes. Well, since you're not going to explain it, literally, you know, since he was linked to that crystal, uh, he lo- allowed himself to be captured by the dragon, and then they destroyed the crystal, causing him to explode and take off the dragon's head. Okay, so that's basically all the different places I could imagine magic coming from. Is 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 there anything that you have that I haven't thought of that you wanted to add? I think we actually covered everything. I think we killed this particular topic here. I'm not thinking of anything else where you can get magic from. Midichlorians. No. Well, technically that would be psi, and we could chalk that up to nature or yeah, it's, it's kind of a version of nature. Okay, so or a version of beings that cast magic for you. Basically, they live inside you, and I get what you're getting at. I still don't get. Yeah, I mean, you might as well call them little tiny fairies. I mean, it doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. It, it, everyone agrees it was a mistake. So. <laughs> we don't know what George thinks. George may think it was a mistake, but he's you know. No, no, he he's pretty much said anyone who says he's wrong, he's wrong, is wrong. Well, in the time we have remaining, let's move on to question number three, which is where do spells come from? Well, a daddy spell and a bit and a mother spell. Yeah, uh, see, he did it this time. All right, anyone want to grab the first one? Uh, granted by the gods. Uh, that I would see. That is where the priests come in because before it said higher beings. How does this differ from priests? This would be priests. These are people who, based on their faith in a being they deem a god, and that god says, okay, you could be my agent here on, on Earth. I'll let you cast spells in my name to help the flock, the congregation. Okay, but we're not um, really talking, we're not talking about the ability to cast spells. We're actually talking about the specific spells that they can cast. It's raising the idea that casting spells is something that a normal person can't do because our minds would never wrap themselves in that way to cause this abnormal thing to happen. I mean, you know, magic is not normal. People, you can sit down there and go from A to B, you know, and do all the logical uh, thinking that you want to do, and you should not end up with a magical effect. You know, you might come up with a theorem, you might come up with a new calculus, 
you know, you might come up with a, a theory of probability or whatever, you know, even a unified field theory, but you should not have a fireball go off as a result. But basically what you're saying is that the spells themselves are what what the with with the with the mad mad Arab wrote in the in the Necronomicon, basically he was given a vision of well something by Cthulhu and he wrote it down, and those are spells technically all those are spells in Nec- in the Necronomicon, but they came from Cthulhu's mind. Right. Every time that someone invents something, okay, they're creating something that has never existed before, and after they do it, people go, "Oh, I could have invented that." But the fact is, nobody ever thought of it beforehand. So a magic spell is a sense is that essence of, of of impossibility that someone actually is able to conceive in their mind and therefore able to create an effect. So where does that impossible thought come from? You know, especially in a usable fashion that you're actually able to do something like, you know, be able to what are the you know, how do you come up with the idea that you have to do these gestures? You have to use these components, assuming that you do any of that stuff. You you don't just evoke it. You have to say these words. You know, how does anybody ever come up with that impossible combination of things that actually produces this usable effect? Granted by the gods. Something that something that is so much smarter than we are looks and says, oh, it's obvious, and basically hands it to us and says, if you just do these things, it's going to work. Well, Lord, I don't know how why it works. Don't worry about it. Just do it. It'll do what you want. And they write it down, and it becomes, you know, somebody faith, has again, to give it to them. Again, you have faith in the, They're not saying, don't worry how it works. Just it works. Again, that's faith. Yeah, supposedly that that's how all the various demon summoning spells supposedly used by Solomon were were delivered. They're delivered by God so that Solomon could bind demons and make them do good. But that that's the idea is that the spells are, are literally, you know, the knowledge of how to do things are granted by God. And, and that works very well with that idea of the Vancian magic because this is something so outre that it barely can be held in your mind. So as soon as you use it, your mind immediately goes, ah, get rid of it. (laughs) It's gone. You know, it it makes sense that, you know, that you'd you'd be literally stuffing this into your head because it's so outre. It sort of reminds me of uh, Rincewind from the original uh, two Pratchett novels, The Color of Magic and The The Light, Light Fantastic. Light Fantastic, where Rincewind was stuck with the eighth, the Octavio, the eighth spell, and he couldn't learn any other magic because all the other spells were afraid of it. <laughs> yes, yeah, I can see that too. That, that's that's very funny. Yeah, of course, that's a very that is a very funny set of novels. Yes. Yeah, and and the but the eight spells were written by the creator, so that that is very definitely a spell given to them by God. Right. <laughs> So you're getting it from a, a higher force because you yourself can't conceive of it. But you're but you can remember it and you can work with it once it's been basically invented by somebody who's, you know, more um perceptive, capable, more aware of the exist the nature of the universe. That fellow we keep locking the in the tower and he keeps writing stuff down on pieces of paper and it does magic. Yeah. That person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Okay, so that's one way you get spells. Literally, it has to come from an outside source, you know, from you. 
All right. You, you basically, you, and, and, it, and if, if you're lucky, you know, uh, it's something that can be like written down, with, you know, with a certain kind of codex or whatever, so that other people can learn it too. Otherwise you're the only one who's ever going to be able to cast this spell because you're the only one whose mind has been warped by this, in this, this interaction to be able to handle it. Then the second one is magic research which is 99% of all the may all all the fantasy novel, you know uh, games out there you know somebody has somebody does the research they sit down they work from the premises saying this does this this does this we we can work move around make a few adjustments a couple changes change a few components here and there boom we get a new magical effect yep. or we get a better magical effect yeah. Or it's easier to do. I mean, I'm thinking of the uh, the uh, write up Ash Ash Enke from uh, again from Terry Pratchett, which, which is summons death, and you know the as written, it takes days to cast. The wizards of the unseen universe you figure it out. You can do it with some with some some lint from your pocket, some some pepper, and a couple of sticks, and you can do it in five minutes, and it still works. You know things like that. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that, you know, and, and that sort of thing could explain why whoopee wishes work, but also the first one could explain why whoopee wishes work, because if somehow they get their inspiration from another source and that inspiration says, yeah, frozen chicken's just fine, then it works. <laughs> okay. Because they've, they've just basically come up with a different work the way you want it to, but yeah. Well, but the point but- still is, is that, you know, you, you can, you can do it the right way or you can do it, you know, you can do it what one person considers the right way or you can do some other. For example, you can produce flame by combining chemicals together and those chemicals go into a thermal reaction and they produce flame. Or you can produce flame by taking electricity and running it through a wire that heats up real hot and it produces flame, okay? Or you can produce flame by focusing light in such a way, you know, that it combines together and produces flame. Three different ways, all producing flame. Each one would say, that's the wrong way of doing it. Probably none of the other would ever have figured that out because they're concentrated in their own area of methodology. So, yeah, you can have different ways. I mean, this is the area I call, like like we said before, mechanistic magic, where you have the research thaumatrist who basically, all he does, he doesn't really cast magic he just researches magic he sits there and looks at he builds devices to to watch mana flow and he what and he does everything and he know and basically he's the guy who he's got you know band-aids on his glasses you know on his on the on the on the bridge of his glass and he's got the pocket protector of wands you know he's the nerd of uh, of of magicians and he really doesn't do magic but he can tell you how to, how to do magic and he can research spells for you right well he's the one who who basically discovers the laws of magic so that other researchers can use those laws to create new spells. Works with things like, okay, I mean, you know, and if you do something wrong, you'll create tainted magic, and that's bad. So let's make sure you don't make tainted magic, okay? And a good one to, uh, to read about this is, uh, uh, and I, I keep going back to this particular novel because I think it's so good, is The Masters of the Five Magics. Uh, when they were dealing with uh, alchemy, they had all these. They had these very specific ways of how they made um, alchemical materials. Well, here's this guy who, right in the middle of this experiment, suddenly says, "Well, 
there's too much clouds in the sky. We're not getting enough moonlight. Let's go and take this magnifying glass and stick it in the moonlight, see what happens. And they're all like, what? That's not part of the ritual or whatever. And he says, yeah, but it'll concentrate the moonlight. Isn't that, and there'll be more moonlight there. Isn't that a good idea? And they're like, what? And, and of course, it turns out to produce like tenfold the amount of, of material that, the, that they were trying to do. On the same time as the next time they did it, it actually something very bad happens. <laughs> but that's because sometimes you you know again you make a change. It could be a good thing or a bad thing. But he was he was using his mind and saying, "Here's a, something that can concentrate one of the things that we don't seem to have enough of. So maybe we can make do with less that we which we do have." And complete it. So that's the sort of thing that a mage research would be able to do. You might say, okay, you need a magnifying glass for this spell because not be, you know not because you can't do it without like tenfold the amount of materials, but because with the magic, with the magnifying glass, you won't need that much, and it becomes part of the spell and part of how it's done. I'm also thinking of uh, Jeffrey L- Landis's story, Elemental where basically it turns out that magic is just a branch of quantum physics. And you can res- and once you know that, then you can figure out what the symbology is and work out different effects and different spells uh, and know exactly how they're going to work because it's all physics. It's, there really isn't magic. It's just we just understand, didn't understand that you can, a mind can actually change things. Through uh, words and you know words and gestures, and it's all physics. Well, that's and what I say that magic is, anyways. You're just hacking the material universe to produce an extraordinary effect. Yeah. Now, in his story, though, he does point out that at one time people were able to do magic, but because of wait, because of the Heisenberg uncertainty principle and stuff, that the spells changed over time. So a spell that worked a thousand years ago doesn't work today because conditions have changed and now you have to work out exactly how the how, how to do the same effect again now with a with a new spell okay but that has nothing to do with the heisenberg uncertainty principle <laughs> i know it was his first story i so, know, you know i break. i i read so many stories where they say they do the, something like that they just say it's quantum entangling i have used that so much in my bureau 13 game and i know the whole time i'm doing it i'm just bsing so that's magic research, and um, and and so you know, and and that's the, let's say that's what ninety nine percent of all games out there use, you know, uh, unless of course they you know, they do something like you know the D and D with the sorcerers where you just know, you know, and you just do it. <laughs> okay, you reach out and feel the magical sources and manipulate it, which which is kind of like granted by the gods. You just kind of do it, you know. Says now your last one is. Spell books. Spells come from these ancient sources. You know one makes new spells. Spells aren't granted by the gods. There's just spells that have been discovered and made up in the past. And your entire campaign is basically a story of you finding spells that have been lost or from in ancient tomes that have been like stored away and to be, to never see the light of day because the spells that are in them were just so bad, you know, uh, or so powerful or whatever. So spells come from spell books, and if you don't have spell books, you can't cast spells because you need them. 
You might even say it's impossible to have it in your mind. You literally have to have the book, open it up, and read it from the book in order to be able to cast a spell because no human mind would be able to do it without it, you know, because it's literally just impossible stuff. You know, reading ancient Enochian language that literally is burning your synapses as you talk, you know, you're you're aging as you speak, you know, you're you know, you're peeing yourself and filling your pants. You have no control. It's not a necessarily a pretty thing, casting stuff. Okay, we get the point. <laughs> I get the point. But that's an extreme Moving example. Along. I was also thinking of that it could be that spell books are the result of ancient spells garnered, however, but they were originally passed by word of mouth. The, the shaman would teach, teach his apprentice and eventually someone realized, you know, we can probably write these suckers down. The first, the first a few attempts didn't work, but eventually it worked out a symbology they could use to write them down. There they are. And you, as you said, you still, you can read them and cast them. Uh, you may have to write them onto scrolls and then read from the scrolls, whatever. But as you say, it doesn't stick in your head. You have to have something with you to cast those things. Outside of that fact that the, the spell you you need a spell book because it's literally impossible for a human mind to be able to remember a spell because of how weird they are or how complex they are, uh, it also is kind of a it sets itself apart from A and B because those things seem to be kind of like in the here and now. You know, people are making are 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 creating magic spells, or gods or higher beings are granting these abilities or these 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 manifestations to people. Okay, it's kind of more of an immediate thing. While these are ancient, lost knowledge that you know would be held by only a few and and closely guarded, and maybe people are trying their very best to eradicate them because they don't want magic to be in the world anymore. You know, we, we want to live in a world that's rational. We don't want to live in a world that is full or there, of magic. Or there is a group that has hidden all the books. And yeah, they may know they're there and they hold on to them. But for the quote-unquote world safety, well, no, there's always the running joke that the Vatican supposedly has a library that has all sorts of various re- yeah. things of of worth that might be considered magical. Like in the second world setting, they you can go to the Vatican Library on the second world and they have spell books there. And you can the the Vatican has them because they don't want anybody else to have them, but for the story's purposes because it goes against their dogma. If they keep this stuff secret then their flock won't know, oh by the way, you know, you can do spells like this as opposed to Become a priest or, you know, pray to God and do it. Well, no, we have these spell books that we've hidden away for 3,000 years because we don't want you to know that you can just read from these books. Oh, that, that reminds me of uh, Bruce's favorite quotation. If you want to find a, curse, a cursed item, nuke it. Whatever is left behind is probably cursed. And I have a feeling that these magic books fall under that under that uh, uh, that saying. They're They're indestructible. They've been passed down for, through the ages, you know, and yeah, you can copy from them, but the but the Ur books are more or less indestructible. And I say more or less because there's always some being higher up that can probably go, yeah. There's always a way to destroy even artifacts. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's just a always long, drawn-out procedure. 
Yeah, you just got to find a convenient mountain or something like that, a volcano, and dump it in or something like that, or the blood of a god to, to burn it or whatever. You know, something you have to do that's so outrageous, you go, we'll just stick in a box and hide it someplace. Yeah, is, is there any other place that you would want spells to come from? You know, this is wide open for you, Josie. Let's see, gods, researching yourself, or finding books and casting from them directly. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not thinking of anything either. Yeah. I mean, we did mention sorcery is a version of granted by the gods, where you you know you have this innate ability to manipulate magic, but it's still you know it's 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 a uh, you know you're either the seventh son of a seventh son of a seventh son that you know ad nauseum. And you have this ability, or 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 a being came along and touched you, or you happen to show us on the doll with a bad being touched you, yeah. <laughs> or you're the offspring of of a woman in an incubus. Yeah. Well, it 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 doesn't have to be gods or extra dimensional beings, whatever. What about the magical creatures that exist on that world? Oh, I see. You're saying like unicorn magic. You you know you make friends with a unicorn, and the unicorn can do things for you. Maybe you can teach you how to do magic. Right. Well, that would sort of be like granted by the gods. The, the big thing about number B is B is rational, a, a rational approach toward magic. You know, if you understand the rules of magic, you can basically construct a spell. You know, both um, A and C basically are saying, no, you know, you don't, you don't understand magic. You just use it. Because one is granted by the gods, and the other one is it something it was somehow these spells were created long, long ago by some means we don't know, and they're just there. And 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 then the second case, you can't even, you know, learn to cast the spell. You literally need this object itself in order for you to cast the spell. Yeah, and, and from my reading in various things, some of the older versions of magic is, yeah, well, I know the incantation, I know what I need to do. It's sort of like asking, getting a wish from a djinn. You may get, you may get, get what you cast for, but there may also be side effects. Well, that's where that equivalent, the magical equivalence comes in. I mean, that's part of, of, of what you want your magic to have. Okay. Is there going to be some kind of a price that you have Were to you pay to cast a spell later? Yeah. You know, is, is magic free or does magic come with a price? And if magic comes with a price, is it equivalent price or is it a losing? You know, is it a bad, always a bad deal, but a necessary one? You know, that's, that kind of comes with it. Actually, there is a for, for, form of magic that doesn't actually, you don't cast spells. You just use items. You know, I'm thinking of Perseus and all the various things he had. He couldn't cast magic to save his soul. I'm thinking of the D20 modern urban arcana class, the occultist. They can't cast a spell to save their lives. Everything that they do are scrolls and rings, and you use magic items to do what you need to do. Right. There right. is no magical capability in that occultist class whatsoever. One of my gamer, Tommy, ages ago, right. played an occultist in a D20 modern game, and right. he got everything from scrolls. I, I totally agree with you, Crab. But what we're talking about here are, in fact, spells. So that's why that we, we're talking about this kind of thing here. Well, he just yeah. magic items, so I I went. Yeah. I was going. Yeah, and the magic items don't have to necessarily come from gods. They also can come from other beings who live outside of our normal. You know, basically, the traditional fae, which live actually in the land of fae, 
you could probably get, you know, a magic bow from them that work. And you always hit the bullseye or, or always hit whatever you're shooting at. You, there's no way you can actually make one yourself. You have to get it from some, mag- some magical being, uh, or from another totally another dimension. So, but yeah, it still comes under higher being at that point. We really were talking about the more traditional idea of spell casting. Yeah. How, how is that done? So, and where, where do those spells come from? And that's where I came with these three items granted by the gods or by any other entity that can grant spells was, you know, was the idea. The idea with the first one was that you are able to cast them yourself at that point. They're basically either by telling you how to cast a spell that are imbuing you with the ability to do so, or your mind can wrap your head around it. So yes, you can learn that, that uh, unicorn magic, or you can learn, you know, the, the rock magic or the blood magic or all the other things like that. You're still, you're still cast, you know, casting it, even though it was granted by the gods. Even though you may not understand, you know, you may not know how to make more magic. You know, you just know how to do the things that you can do. Okay, well, thanks everybody for your participation, and um, and we will do more of the uh, of the the perfect. Ma- oh, we didn't actually vote on any of this. I'm sorry. We should do that before we leave. Okay, so. Where the magic comes from, I realize that you can have more than one, but I'm just saying of all these things, which is the one that you think was probably the one you like the best, that jazzes you the most of the of of where magic comes from? And you again, we, you know, I know we have a lot of stuff under nature, but um, if you need to, you can you can go you can drill down into it. But we're, we're basically talking about nature, extra dimensional artifacts, higher beings. Being um, um, drawn from extra-dimensional places or ancient WKM dumps. And when I say magic, we're talking about the magical energy required in order to do magic. Which, well, I'm going to I'm going to look at drawn from extra-dimensional places because technically that means magic's everywhere. I mean, you know, I go into space, I can still yank on magic. I mean, I yank on, you know, pull, you know, pull as well as I could on the planet, but I still can pull magic. I, I sort of like the idea that magic infuses universe and, you know, drawn from an extra, extra dimensional place comes closest to that. Uh, so I'll go with that one. Okay. Trav? I like ley lines because, yeah, you're going to have those highly contested areas where, and it depends on the strength of the ley line. Now, if it's only that ley line next side are where you can gain power, that means ley line strength is weak and you're going to gain more power at these locations. And of course, if you do bring in space travel, there are other worlds that have ley line energy and their ley lines may be incredibly strong. I've always liked the use of ley lines as a source of power. Okay. Okay. How about you, uh, Josie? I happen to agree with the whole ley line thing because I at least understand that. Well, you probably just haven't had exposure in games and in literature with any of the not, other ones. Not really. Yeah. I I mean, with the whole, going back to that one subject, with the whole sex magic thing. Yeah, kundalini, tantric, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I will never pronounce any of those names. Sorry. No. I know I've heard of things that 
display that. I know I've seen it. I just can't remember where. Yeah, I'm sure it'll probably come to you sometime. Yeah, but and and it's probably because I went. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I I know you've had experience with playing like in games with leyline because I've run you know like, Maze World. Yeah. Right. I like sticking with the things. I right. Know. Exactly. That's not a problem. That's that's fine. Sure that's your choice. If, I'm sure if someone were to actually run one of the other ones, I would get more into that. But right, you would change your you would change your hypothesis based on new data entering your data stream. That's that's cool. That's fine. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. No, no. All right. no. I was like, there's. A... Okay, Bruce. What? All right. What well, was... I'm going to have to go with sexual activity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm entirely kidding about that. You see, um, I, I actually agree. Yeah, I actually agree with John because almost every one of these things is actually very much limited, which is is not necessarily a bad thing in a game or anything else. Because when you have limits, you then get creative about how to work around those limits, and you have people fighting for those scarcely resources and things like that. But the one that has no real limitations on it, the way it's described, is drawn from extra-dimensional places because essentially you're pulling from the entire universe, so it would therefore be available anywhere you go. It would be it, it's it, there's theoretically from a conceptual standpoint no amount a limit of the amount of energy you can pull out if you just have either the chutzpah to do it or the or the knowledge and dedication to learn how. So that that kind of you know really kind of I find that the the coolest in that regard. Though I do see a lot of benefit to the more limited versions because as I said that it, it provides more dramatic opportunities because of the limitations that they have yeah and, and, and the way i view the uh, the the drawn experimental places there is a topography so you could have something equivalent to ley lines uh but you know there you know some places magic stronger some places magic's weaker it just depends on you know the universe is not all the same i mean you know we we know that and so near with the amount of magic available okay but the fact is that if i have to make a choice you know, this would be the one I'd want simply because it provides the greatest opportunities to do, you know, scope. You know, it's not limited in any way. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, I'm just saying, you know, because because I am looking at the at the TriTech games. They did, you know, the, our areas they are stronger in magic, and they may either because of a dump or because just. Space is weak. The dimensional barrier is a little weaker there, and therefore you can probably pull a bit more. But the, you know, there is an ambient, there is an ambient magic level that you can tap into, and then there's places where you can tap into a little bit more. Right. Well, as far as the Tritech system is concerned, is, is as you described, there are places where magic has been dumped. It's come from that other universe, and it's it's basically been dumped into an area that you can tap. Or B, it's an area where that interface, you know, the, is already thinner. So therefore, it is um, the more more magic can come through, or it's easier to get the magic. And and then, you know, the third case is where you're summoning it by the power of your own ability. But the still point is, it's still all coming from the. It's it's still in uh, in its root is coming from another universe. And I think there's, and there actually was a branch of magic that allows you to create, I think, crystals? 
that you can actually dump. You just simply sit, spend, you know, you spend a day dumping magic into that crystal that you can then layer use as a battery. And yeah, right. The, we, it's it's the only way. It's, it was the only way you could actually power the more powerful spells. You needed your little WKM dump. Yeah. to do it. Yeah, that's you know yeah. that's yeah you, that's just a tool. Basically, you're storing up the magical energy so you could use it all at once. Yeah, yeah. Because you're not you're not advanced enough as a mage to be able to do it normally. Yeah, that's 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 completely makes sense, you know, and and for certain kinds of spells, you know, where they require prodigious amounts of magical energy that maybe even the the greatest magician may require something like that. Yep. Or a freshly steaming corpse in front of them. One or the other. You never know. (laughs) That poor unicorn. (laughs) Yeah. Where do you get spells from? Granted by the gods, magic research. And spell books. What's what's your what jazzes you the most, John? Well, even though it's it's fairly mechanistic, I go for the mechanistic version, which is magic research. Okay, Josie, granted by gods, magic research. And remember, gods can be any magical being that can do it. So gods research or heaven That's spell book. The first one granted by other beings. Okay, right. Right. I would have to go with the unicorn. (laughs) Yeah. I would have to do magic research that you hunt down the various books and scrolls and tomes and then learn to cast spells as you would like a DD wizard. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also going to agree and go with magic research because players like to have control. And players like to know that they can take their spells and modify them and and twist eyes them and, and and come up with new spells. And so having this as part of their magic system is always going to make them happier than saying, well, no, you have to go find this magic book before you're going to be able to cast that spell. Which is why working for the Bureau is so fun, because you can always find a mentor. I had to go back in time 10,000 years, but yeah. Like we said, the, you know, you got you you probably got all first and second level spells in your on your on your da- mobile device anyway, ready to go. Just yeah, it's getting those higher level spells. It requires you to to to, you know, to uh, seek out those who with the with the more knowledge. Yeah, well, again, yeah. We're, we're talking about the perfect magic system, not necessarily what's in Bureau Thirteen current. Yeah, yeah. Though that make though that does sort of give me impression that while well, we have a Ray Robertson. What's the magic equivalent of Ray Robertson, or is it is it Ray Robertson? No, it's uh, I, I would definitely think not, and it's not the White Witch of uh, New England, Vermont. Mm-mm. You know, uh, or or, or, a, or a Fremont. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a mystery. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks everybody for participating, and thanks for hanging on all the way to the end like this. We have lots more questions. So, folks, uh, if you have any comments about what we have talked about, which is uh, where does magic come from uh, and where do spells come from? In other words, where does the magic energy come from and where do the spells that use the magic energy come from? Then please uh, feel free to uh, leave messages on our Facebook pages, on TritacGamers.com, on the Yahoo groups, in the uh, Google Plus groups, and any other groups that we may have out there somewhere that somebody, one of our hosts, knows about. I'm sorry, the Podbean site. You can also leave comments there on the Podbean site. And we look forward to 
talking about more of the Perfect Magic system, but you'll have to wait till next week. So until then, 